3.7. Welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a kind of smart, kind of funny podcast covering new and classic Trek. I'm your finally unpinned from a gravity grenade captain, Mariah Gossett. With me on the view screen, we have... Clyde Haynes, I'm not crying, you're crying. Wow. And you have like your uh, protostar... Dag never, they still can't do it. It's a new year, they still can't do it. Protostar core breach. Paul should touch it. Close you did enough. it, Paul. You got no, I did it. No, I don't give it to me. No, no. You made it. You made it. Tonight, no. we are reviewing and chatting about the final two episodes of the first season of Star Trek Prodigy, Supernova Parts 1 and 2. Uh, but first, we just have a couple of reminders for those tuning into the live stream or if you're listening to us uh, on the interwebs. Um, Paul, can you remind listeners where they can find us? Hey, uh, listeners, uh, I'm here to remind you to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. All links are at StarTrekPod.co. And if you love this content, and I hope you do, uh, we uh, you can help us at Patreon. Oh, I'm really falling apart here, guys. It's okay, guys. Put... You got it, Paul. I believe in you. <laughs> you know, you for just $2 it. per episode uh, at Patreon.com slash StarTrekPod. Boom. Boom. Clyde, how can people engage with us during the live stream this evening? If you happen to be watching online, uh, wherever you like to watch, like YouTube, and you want to talk to us, you got a comment, you got a question, then feel free to type it in the live chat. And you can do that very simply by typing in capital P, capital O, capital D into the chat. We'll take a look at your comment, your question, your thought. Um, and maybe we'll read it out loud or respond to you. And also in a moment, we'll, you'll know what time it is. If you got that special synopsis, uh, massive thought thing that stood out to you and you want to tell us what it is, just type capital H capital F into the chat and we'll take a look at your orders. Indeed. We will do all of that. Um, also thanks for being patient with us. Y'all we were traveling, uh, for the holidays. And then I know I was out sick, I was uh, truly sleeping all day. I had a terrible, terrible, the doctors still don't know what it was. It was negative for COVID. I was negative for the flu. I was just down and out for the count. My body just said, Mariah, you need to take a very long nap. So I did that. So thanks for covering for me guys uh, now, when I was out. <laughs> let me ask you, I, I had something similar. It lasted a day and all I did was I go like, I want to just die in the closet. I, it was five days for me. It was long. Uh -huh. I had a, a fever and uh, like a migraine for like five days. It was terrible. Oh, okay. um, so yeah, more than 24 hours, but maybe my immune system sucks harder. Well, well you <laughs> know, know, like you, you are in a Borg cube. So like, you know. I am living. Yeah. Paul thinks I look like I'm in a Borg cube for those who are just listening to the pod. Oh, is it um, interesting. Yeah. I, can I, I don't know why my webcam, which I finally got working again. Um, refuses to acknowledge not. the lights that are on in my office <laughs> and has decided that it's just a green tinge behind me. So for you, your gossip of nine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm allowed to even have gossip. <laughs> there, there, there we go. Well, I, I am. I am one of three, <laughs> one, one, three. <laughs> for tonight. Um, all right. Are y'all ready to jump into chatting about Supernova this evening? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do yes. it. Okay. So uh, I think we'll talk about them kind of together because I think it makes sense that they're a part one and two, but I will give the credits here. So episode 19, Supernova part one was um, 
directed by Andrew Schmidt, written by Aaron McNamara. Uh, and episode 20, Supernova Part 2, was written by Ben Hibben and directed by Kevin and Dan Hedgeman. The, um, or excuse me, written by Kevin and Dan Hedgeman, directed by Ben Hibben, uh, who are our show creators. And I think it might be that time in the podcast where we get into some hot freaks. We got to get into some hot breaks. Um, Clyde, what'd you think of these episodes? Oh, we lost your microphone. Did you hit the off oh. button? Oh, what'd Paul, you think of- <laughs> what did you think of those episodes? <laughs> uh, I thought it was adequate. I thought it was, it was fine. It was great. Like, you know, I do feel that the, the title of the episodes really kind of give away what's going to happen. Uh, so uh, I'm a little like you, you could have done a little better with that, but like you know, aside from that, I felt like everything kind of wrapped up in a way that I felt like it was leading to, you know. And so I guess I, I guess like you know, you go to a really nice restaurant and you get a, an adequate meal. You're like, oh, I kind of wish that it was something more surprising. So I, I guess mm-hmm. I wish there was something more surprising. I don't have any real gripes but like i have little quibbles here and there right right but that's that's me yeah clyde so. is still working on fixing his microphone maybe oh now you're on mute clyde uh, can you hear me now there you are, there you are. all right. right there we go okay <laughs> it's a an interesting setup here no uh i'm probably gonna detour detour just a little bit from paul um i really liked what i saw over these two episodes and i got a chance to do a watch along with our Patreon crew here this afternoon or this evening um, to rewatch them. And it's one of those things where I'm looking at where we are now. We've got 20 episodes in the first season, but I really think that I thought these were strong and there were a lot of moments where I just, I was a little bit surprised, right? Like, especially for a children's show. Mm. Like, I was surprised that so many people, so many ships were blown up, right? So so much damage happened. Like, for lack of a better way, the villains won, mm-hmm. right? The villains got what they want. Usually, especially in a, a children's show, the villains didn't go get that far. This was definitely much more kind of borg s at TNG. And so I was a little bit surprised by that. We lost the character in this one. And, in, in terms of kind of the Janeway hologram, like a, a lot happened. And what it told me was when I think of over the 20 episodes, we've seen some good, we've seen some okay. Um, you know, I still don't know what to make a star flight. Um, but it tells me that if I fast forward to like season three, they might really find their, their legs and this might this might actually go down as one of the best animated shows and i think they might find a a wide audience who aren't children like I, i'm still very much questioning whether or not kids actually watch the show and whether it's primarily watched by a bunch of adults and i think if they can figure out who their audience is um this this might be i don't know i've got big 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 plans for this because i really enjoyed this episode like there were it was hard to watch a second time there were moments that really got me 
um, it just felt mature. Yeah, I, I think I agree with with both of you. There are things that like I anytime I felt like I had a little like a uh, it, I had to remind myself it's a kid's show, right? It's like a lot of the dialogue is still a little hokey pokey at times. And like the jokes are very kid jokes. But I think that that is what reminds me that this is a kid's show first and foremost. Um, and I actually was listening to so Jason Manzukis was on an episode of TV, I say with Ashley Ray um, the last two weeks, which is a really great podcast if you want some good um, TV, like, uh, reviews, criticisms. I think Ashley Ray does a great job, but, um, he kind of, he described prodigy as like, you know, star Trek's coming of age in space show. Um, and he said it was, he said it was for young adults. I think he probably misspoken and, and, you know, he's like, it's the first one they've kind of aimed towards kids. But, um, I, I think I walked away being like, wow, they really like if I was a kid, I'd probably be really upset losing hollow Janeway by the end of this. Like I got very emotional and I was like, I am a fully grown human like watching this show um, and and definitely got like a little choked up. I don't it not tears in the same way I've gotten from other Star Trek episodes, but um, but very like, oh, this is sad. Like, like, uh, yeah, no, I, I hear you. Like I. Like when she goes, like I-, I can make a copy. I go, no, you can't. Yeah. I- 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 <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can already see what's happening. You know, I mean, like... I mean, it-, it wasn't even that. It was- my-, my my brain goes like, that's why they couldn't make a, a copy of the doctor. Yeah. Like you, you just can't Fair. do that. Yeah, yeah. But then, like you know, where I got like, uh, like you know, going like, <gasps> like it's when like Jayway goes to uh, the Vulcan. You know, when the thieves they go, you mean the 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 people who saved our lives, blah, blah, blah. And in my presence, you were referred to. <laughs> I, was, I was going. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Janeway had like a couple really good speeches. Yeah, she did. In this. Yeah, like no. like for, from different point of views, mm-hmm. like for real, Kate, Kate crushed this. Uh, Kate Mulder like, really crushed this whole season. I mean, yeah, I mean like 100%, 100%. I didn't we get to talk about the episode where her and Doll swap bodies with y'all, but I was just like, how fun this must have been for Kate Mulgrew. Like, <laughs> no, I, I thought, uh, yeah, I thought like they're definitely like, and, and Clyde, to, to, your, uh, to your point or to your, your love, so many ships. So, so many, many ships. ships. So many so ships. Many Every ships. class of ship, fight <laughs> class, yeah. you know, sovereign I, class, Akira class, boom, boom. I, I mean, I, I, it was, and yeah, it was, it was great. It was but basically absolute. like when I was watching it, when I was, when I was going like, oh, I can literally hear Clyde tear from like across, you know, the the four hundred five. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I did not tear. But if you think I didn't pause, walk up to my television screen and look at all those ships and look at the ships, you're, you'd be crazy. Yes. No. Um, I thought it was great. I just want to clarify, you know, Marge in the chat says it's mature bad. No, what I mean by mature is I mean, it's sophisticated. It's probably a better word to say. Like it was nuanced. Yeah. Like this felt like this, this felt like, you know, grown up writing because look, I got kids at home. There's a ton of, TV shows in my house. Some of it's super entertaining, right? If if you're a parent and you haven't watched Bluey, you're missing out. Um, just hilarious. But there's not a lot that happens from episode to episode. It's kind of like it's jokes, right? It's it's just jokes. This this wasn't that. Like there was a story in here that was 
cap captivating is probably the best word I could use for it. Compelling. Compelling. Yeah. Good job. Yes. Better it word. Was, it was definitely <laughs> compelling. I think too, I I try to think about like what other coming of age TV we sort of have right now uh, that is focused at young adults. And I, I mean, like technically like Stranger Things, I think started out as what should have been like a kid's show that like coming of age sci-fi show. Um, obviously it's, it's morphed into other things. Um, there was Paper Girls on Amazon that came out recently. Um, that's based on a comic book. Um, but like the coming of age tale is a tale as old as time. And so I think it is refreshing to see them um, use some maybe adult tactics in a way that the adults are going to get, but in a way that like kids aren't going to necessarily absorb every, every moment of, but I was, you know, there's some sad moments we see our, our villain sort of die, even though he still exists in this time, you know, it's like time travel business. So it's like this version of him has passed on, which I thought they handled like how that, that death moment with him and Gwen really beautifully. I thought that was like a nice moment to see our kind of main villain have a slight redemption there at the end of this episode. What did y'all think of the, um, the redemption for, for Gwen's dad? I thought it was great, Paul. It was good enough. Like, you know, like I, I think, I think it was fine. Like, uh, for me, for my taste and my adult, sophisticated, mature tastes, <laughs> I feel that, like, you know, I would want to see his change more. Like, the change has happened so quick in a way that I didn't really understand why he was so blah, blah, blah. But that said, like, you know, I, I, I bought it. I think my biggest quibble was, like, I go, like, why is it that all the cool aliens, you know, like, you know, die in, like, you know, glorious, like, you know, flame or whatever. And, and humans just, like, I'm dead. <laughs> We don't we don't dissolve and get absorbed uh, into our family. We, like, we, we we don't become like space stardust or nothing. Like, we're, we're like the Asgardians, just go you know like yeah, like, it, nothing. There's nothing. no ascension for us. No. No. It, it, I mean, it's, it's nice like, to. Oh, go ahead. It's nice to go. You no, know, you go. You go. I was like, it's nice to think about because it's like one of the things. As much as I I have some like qualms with Neil deGrasse Tyson as like a person, but I, I, one of the things he talks about a lot is that. Um, you know, like we're technically all made of like the same stuff that stars are made of, right? Like we're made of the same elements. And I was like, oh, I like when they like kind of incorporate some of that space and like science knowledge of like, oh, yes, like he just gets reabsorbed into the universe in this way because we're all made up of the same stuff. And he's on a literal ship powered by a star. So it was like right. some fun well, layers there. And, you know, and, and his people, they're sustainable, like sustainable living. So like <laughs> truly, they, you don't have to dig a grave. You don't have to. <laughs> Great. Save real estate too. Um, That's right. I I don't know that I looked at it as a redemptive moment. I didn't. Hmm. I looked at it as um, he was a dad. And what normally what we see is we see these villains who have no parental instinct. Right. And so part of their villainy is that they mistreat their children. Right. Mm -hmm. They're just, they're so single focused on, what they're trying to achieve that they don't even care about their family. And I thought what we saw with the diviner was a little bit more realistic. He has this single purpose, but he's also a parent. And so what he did was less about, he, it's not like he changed his mind. What he did was he was like, you know, and he's, he, he's been true to this the entire time is, you know, forget the rest of them, not my daughter. Like mm -hmm. we're going to go get my daughter. We're going to go get my, my progeny. And even when they got on the ship, he's, they were like, 
you know, kill everybody. He was like, with, with the exception of my progeny. And so this was a moment where when it came to someone holding her hostage, he did what, what his character, him being a dad would do. I don't think he changed his mind at all. He just stayed in character. Mm-hmm. Again, that feels very, and I was like, I, I can dig it. Did it make me hate him any less? Mm, I don't know. Not really. Yeah. I mean, I think to your point, Clyde, like we also see him, he's sort of like trying to make sure that Gwen will stay safe no matter what, because even when mm-hmm. he releases Janeway from the um, hospital bed, he's essentially like, I'm saving you to guarantee that if I can't complete my mission, you will save my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's what he sort of says to her is like, I hope by doing this act of kindness that you will, you will make sure my daughter is okay. But not to push back, uh, but I will. Push, like, you know, he, push. He, he could have just, he could go like, send the transmission, and he could have gone, okay, boop. <laughs> and then she, Gwen would still be fine. It's not like, you know, uh, you know, uh, Jamira would have just stabbed her. <laughs> well, I think he... I don't know. I think he saw think he had have. leverage. I think he was like, I have a small amount of leverage in this moment. Well, I, I agree with that. And I think not only did he have leverage, I think what he realized is that, you know, the, the vindicator was mm-hmm. not to be trusted. Yeah. Right. And when we, one of the things that we saw early on is when they first came in contact with each other and he told her about his progeny, she said, you violated the rules. You were not supposed to procreate. Mm-hmm. And so I think she, what he realized is he couldn't trust her and that given the opportunity, she might kill Gwen. Cause she and shouldn't think, exist. Cause she, cause she shouldn't exist. And so I, I again, I, I kind of think that's where he was at and he was, he was kind of going through the steps and what do I have to do to your point, Mariah, to ensure her safety. Yeah. I did enjoy the hand-to-hand combat um, fight sequence between Asensia and Gwen. I thought that was really fun seeing them both get to use their sort of like morphing weapon thing that they have. Um, And it it was one of the times when I was like, oh, this is like a really well animated sequence of of like a a full fight sequence, you know? And then we see sort of like, you get to see two characters that have similar skills and capabilities going at each other um, versus when we have the dreadnought going against the rest of our little crew who, who while have grown so much are still children yeah. <laughs> and the no. dreadnoughts no. are truly a scary villain. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like, you know, like, like absolutely right. I was going like the second time I watched it, the first time I just went along with it, but the, uh, the second time I watched that, this like, and Jenkins goes after, you know, the dreadnought, I go like, you know, this is basically a bunch of kids going up against the Terminator. Like this cannot end well. Like, you know, <laughs> children should not be put in this position. <laughs> Never. Well, you're absolutely right, Paul. I, I, uh, I also want to call out Mariah. You talked about Essentia um, and that fight with Gwen. Can I just, can we give some love to Jamila Jamail? Because um, when I watch shows like this, I'm really it's super easy for me to pick up on voices. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about every time David Diggs opened his mouth, I'm going, I know exactly who that is. Like, I don't even see the character. I'm like, oh, that's Thomas Jefferson from Hamilton. Like, I'm <laughs> like, oh, it's okay. Um, Are you the same but, way with Jason Alexander? <laughs> nice. Uh, so, sometimes, there's sometimes, like, even like Jinkum, I'm like, oh, okay, Jason, uh, okay. <laughs> 
but I, as I was watching this with the watch along, and so you know, not to plug the, the Patreon, but you know, if you are a Patreon, you can <laughs> mm-hmm. do the watch along with us. It wasn't until somebody reminded me and they said, "Man, Jamila is great," that it was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> she she is in this." Like she she did such a good job that it took me out of focusing in on her voice. So I just, I mean, again, listen, I have. You know, if I don't enjoy one of these Prodigy episodes, I will say it. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, yeah, I didn't connect with it. Again, not to bring in Starflight, but um, this one was good. Though. This one was really good. A lot of phasers. A lot of phasers. <laughs> a lot of pew-pews. Um, I also yes. really enjoyed Ella Purnell, who is the voice actor for, for Gwen. Um, I thought her having to she's the only character who then has to speak multiple star trek made up languages in this episode and i thought she did an incredible job you're not wrong like like you think that she's been speaking klingon for a very long time and i don't know how she pulled up her car like for real like her and mary chifo like hats off to how well they really master um a language that they have to pop in and out of um that is Mary, Mary Chifo's kind of the yeah, Mary Chifo's kind of the gold standards for yeah. them. Sorry, like she's she's really up there with like Worf, yeah. like like Michael Dorn. She's she's up there. Kilpa, good job, everybody. Um, I also wanted to ask y'all where did oh I thought it was um nice to see, especially in the second half when they finally kind of devise a plan and figure out a way for them all to work together. Um, we see how far this crew has come from the beginning of the series in how yeah. they figure out how to work together. They all really, there's no questioning of each other. They're just like, that's what you think. That's what we're going to do. Like we believe in whatever you have decided or what your skill set is, which I thought was in um, also nice to see, because this is one of the few, the only current Trek series where we get a full 20 episode series order which we have not had um since 90s trek and i think it shows i don't know it was it was fun what did y'all i guess this is the question what did y'all think of this as the cap to this season right so we have uh we've had some fun episodes we've had the holodeck we had star uh star Star flight Flight. star flight i I was like fleek it's not star fleek Starflight, you know, we've had some chances, I think, similarly to, you know, like Voyager, we got to go off on these little mini adventures, but keeping sort of the end goal moving forward. And we got a lot of character development this season. But what did y'all think? Clyde, why don't you go? I I thought, so I thought you get what you get when you when you have 20 episodes. Right. And it was interesting because when you when you said that, I was like, yeah, we got 20 episodes. It's the only one. And I was thinking, man, can I get 20 episodes of Discovery? And then as soon as I said it in my head, I was thinking, yeah, but the problem with 20 episodes is that's a really high number to keep the consistency high. Mm -hmm. And so I think what happens is you then worry, like, are you saving stuff? Like, is it going to connect? Like, what happens? And then. I think often, including with Trek, you get to the area, this this idea that the penultimate episode of the season is better than the actual finale. And that's, maybe it's cheating because it was a (laughs) two-parter, maybe. But I thought that they, 
they did a great cap on these last two episodes for me. Um, you know, so much so that in, in transparency, we have screeners. So we have the ability to watch these ahead of time. And I watched the, I watched episode 19 and then immediately started scrambling for my screener for 20 and realized that I lost, you know, I couldn't remember what the password was to the website. Um, so I had to wait <laughs> like everybody else. Uh, well, but that, that I say that to say, you know, I got excited. Like I was like, what happens next? Like, oh my goodness. And so they, they really did a good job of building this tension. Um, you know, and then they've left us in this interesting place where I'm, I have to admit, I'm interested to see what happens next. Like, you know, it was a, this, it was a great head fake early on for us to think that this season was going to be about Chakotay. And it wasn't, not, mm-hmm. almost not at all. So. Yeah. What about you, Paul? Uh, like I, I would ask you guys, like you know, like, uh, like, what is your favorite season of Star Trek? You know, of all the Star Trek properties, like, what's your favorite season? Like, I easily go uh, season five, Deep Space Nine, uh, followed closely by season six, Deep Space Nine. <laughs> uh, I, I think those are near perfect uh, seasons of, uh, of of Star Trek. And like you know, and you're absolutely right, Clyde. I feel like like twenty twenty plus, you you're gonna have some filler episodes, but like I look at this twenty and I go like, what I find remarkable about it, it's it feels like twenty with still still serialized. You know that that's actually something that you, you we didn't get in any of the any of the seasons. Deep Space Nine the closest, but like you know, like half of them were like dominion based and the other one was like oh the you know the uh there's a paw race <laughs> or, or whatever right and so like i think it was actually quite a a remarkable feat to get you know this done though to be fair like you know they're half hour episodes mm-hmm. you know i know like, so. i i was wondering that too i think mm-hmm. it is successful because of the shorter um format episode mm-hmm. the shorter format i you know i yeah. to your point clyde i was trying to think of like what show would i want 20 episodes of right now in the current star trek like world i think lower decks would work because it's also a shorter format and i think they could oh i thought you were gonna it. say picard I was also then going to say Strange New Worlds because it is a a more episodic episodic show. Um, While there are those longer things, I do agree, I I think, with uh, both of y'all's points in that when you like Discovery is that puzzle box show. And while I would love more episodes about like a little bit more character investigative episodes i don't know if i would need 20 it might be like going back to that original like 13 order that they used to have 14 order um just to give us a little bit more breathing space in there um and then yeah i think i think my favorite season of trek is seasons four and five of voyager it's like when we get seven of nine coming nice. in yeah, no, that's, that's great that's great which are which i think are are, are some no, of my faves no, i i think i think it's great Oh, uh, uh, another thing I, that, like, you know, uh, in this episode, a uh, part two. Oh, another thing. If you haven't watched the episode yet, like, you know, you should, guys should watch it, like, part one and two together. Yeah. Because it feels like one episode. Like, Truly I watched, awesome. the, the first time I watched it, I watched it in halves, and I go, like, oh, this episode, boring. Well, no, it does, it's not boring. It's another part of, you know. So, uh, so one and two should be. But, like, when, uh, when uh, the ensign, like, you know, uh, 
was talking to Admiral Janeway about how uh, she was. Uh, I know, I know, right? Like you know, like like it's from the episode Counterpoint, which is one of my favorite Voyager episodes. You know, it goes like, "I was one of the people that you saved." Tear, tear. Mm-hmm. I know that. It's you know, so like, as, though I say that the episode is adequate, I it is still at a very high level of like mm-hmm. emotional achievement because because you know my my cybernetic heart is not you know what you know it, it, it's not that you know perfected yet. But so anyway, I I would say, and I've got to give my what's my favorite Trek season, mm-hmm. but I want to say I think to your point, Enterprise Paul, baby. <laughs> yeah, um, never, never, gonna never. Go. Not gonna happen. No. Um, I'll rip so hard on Enterprise. I have to say, every time. episode of Enterprise I've ever watched, I enjoyed. So that's right. You got, you I got enjoyed faith. a lot. You got faith. It's, for, uh, it's, it's, a long, it's been a long time since I, I admit that. It's been a long uh, time getting from here. To here for the <laughs> there, yes. Listen, I, listen. I will say that I enjoyed watching it with a group of people a lot more than I did watching it by myself. I will gotcha, say that. Gotcha. Um, you know, I think when you talk about that that little nugget, like that reference mm-hmm. to counterpoint, there's a formula here that would make a lot of sense, and that is if this was a situation where this become this became a show where Star Trek parents could watch it with Star Trek kids. I mean, that's what they're it, trying to do. <laughs> I know they're trying to do it, but like I remember, you know, the first time when I was a kid watching the original Aladdin. Uh, like Disney's Aladdin with my mother, right? And she laughed so hard. Later on, when I watched it, you know, when I was a little bit older, what I realized was there's all these jokes that are layered in there that kids don't get. Kids are enjoying the show, but it's this this secondary layer for parents. I think they're trying to get there, but right now, this still feels like parents are enjoying this more than the kids. Um, and yeah, so I'll... I'll kind of say that, but I did love that counterpoint moment. I'll also say that for me, when I think about my favorite seasons of Trek, it's probably the, you know, any of the later seasons, not the last season, but the later seasons of TNG, where we're getting some character development, where we're seeing like Deanna Troy is no longer in like the one piece cat suit, but now she's, you know, trying to get her, her, um, her bridge certification, like some of those things. Mm-hmm. When Wesley, we either figure out what Wesley's doing or he's no longer in the show, but we're, you know, Jordy and Data are going through this, 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 we've got this strong character development. It feels like everybody kind of found their, who, who they were. Those were my favorite seasons. Um, and then I really like season three of Discovery. Um, and I'll say that I thought season one of Strange New Worlds was fantastic. Well, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Perfect trick. <laughs> and Mariah, to your point, like when you talk about more discovery, I thought the same thing. I think what I'm missing is season one of discovery. When it, when it ended, you know what we had, we had these short tracks yeah, that they never went back to. And I love those because what they did was they provided the extra. So it's like, okay, so you get 13 episodes. Do you need another five? I don't know if you need another five. I take them, but I don't know if you need them, right? It felt like what I needed was like another half of five, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like just a, to, that focus on that character development where we see more about Tilly or more about the ship. Like there's all these pieces that have 
that, that we want to know, especially with Discovery, because you've got this incredible bridge crew that we still know very little about. Yeah. I, um, I wonder, because like, I kind of long for the days of like, and I'm, I know you, we can buy them on box set, I think now, but it's like when I would buy the DVD box sets and there'd be all the like extended cuts, deleted scenes, the like the commentary from cast and crew, which they give us a ton of, I will, I will say as a fan, I do feel like we get a ton of behind the scenes stuff for a lot of these shows and I appreciate it and I would love more of it, but I, I feel like we are missing some of that. And I felt like the short treks really gave us that piece. I also thought they were just really fun ways to see some like newer writers, newer directors, like people really getting a chance to jump in. Cause like, I know Anthony Rapp has been spending a lot of time shadowing the directors on discovery. And I'm like, I'm ready for a bunch of short treks directed by Anthony Rapp. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> To, to your point, Mariah, what, I'll tell you what I miss most about those DVD, those DVD box sets, right, is the the commentary where which they would do is you get to watch the 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 movie, the episode where they turn down the volume to the actual to what's mm-hmm. happening on screen. And you're now listening to a director, a writer and a character talk over it, you know, kind of, you know, masterpiece theater or mm-hmm. ma- pancake. Si- yeah so what you're doing is you're actually like they're talking about the scene that happens right that's the stuff that i miss because again we're trek fans so we we're all we will always ask for more mm-hmm. we will absolutely ask for more the, a couple more things that i wanted to mention um when again because i did love what someone in in our our our, our slack channel called shit porn um <laughs> what I liked about seeing all the ships was they had a, a Gorn ship. I know. I know. Yeah. That's right. And I was like, there are all these little itty bitty Easter eggs. And I'm like, kids don't understand the significance of this. Right. But coming out of strange new world to see that Gorn ship, that was a big deal. That was kind of a, a nice moment. I know it's like one of those moments I'm like okay do they just have like a once a month check-in where all the writers room sits down and they're like all right what are we all referencing this season like (laughs) what's gonna be our easter egg that ties us all together (laughs) which to me means we better be getting some Gorn action in Discovery because I think that would be incredible to see some future Gorn (laughs) looks like we have one of those Mariah uh predictions official predicted. I, I, I don't think they're going to make it they don't make it to you know 900 years in the future Ooh, but what if they've just like hibernated no what if they they've like evolved into something even more scary i don't know more gorny, <laughs> more gorny. <laughs> I, I, um, I will say that uh like i feel like per, per the reference uh observation i feel like this show does better references than even lower decks and i think lower decks has a really high standard but the way that references are like you know or callbacks are like you know just just like the what you call it the uh uh the counterpoint callback i feel like oh we got salamander yeah (laughs) yeah and it's it's so seamless whereas like you know like uh in lower decks they're definitely winking at you you know uh Mm -hmm. for the joke but this is so seamless and you're like i'm part of this world It almost is, it almost feels like Lower Decks is it's the secret handshake club. Like uh-huh. to get the reference, 
they're, they're deep cuts. Like the references yeah. sometimes in lower decks, it's like it's almost as though they're trying to figure out. Okay, it's like a crossword puzzle. Can you figure it out? Like these these sure. are tough. Where with Prodigy, it's kind of like, no, we're gonna put them out there and then watch you just gush all over. Hundred percent, Mariah. You were saying. Oh, I was gonna ask. Um, so we. I had some other things I wanted to talk about. Oh, I, I want to, speaking of references, we get some live people references this episode, the final episode as well. Dr. Aaron McDonald are the space uh, or the space, the science consultant for one of the science consultants for the Star Trek franchise. She is the, uh, it's both modeled after her and it is her voice playing the scientist who tells Rock Talk to check out Xeno anthropology in the science lab, which I thought was really cool. Awesome. Yeah, look at that. Nice. Like, well done. And then also, Xeno anthropology is what uh, Michael Burnham specialized mm-hmm. in before she became a captain. So, again, a very obvious reference. Yeah, reference. They're like, here you go. Like, <laughs> like I immediately was just like, oh, I got that one. <laughs> and lower decks, I'm like, people are like, oh, did you catch this? And I'm like, no. Maybe on the fifth I, watch. <laughs> I, I completely missed that the DJ was uh our uh, eye patch guy um yeah. yes completely missed that the dj was the iPad. yeah uh um, do y'all th- i uh have a theory so i think that we did not see the name of the new ship coming out of the space dock and i think that's going to be the uss prodigy Hey, you are good with these <laughs> predictions, man. Because we didn't see the name. It, I don't know. And then no, um, to to your point, with the exception of Strange New World, like there there is a night and maybe Picard. Like there's usually this very significant name, mm-hmm. the name of the show. Like it's 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 pretty significant, and we haven't gotten that yet. Yeah, that would be it would be interesting. That's a good one. Um, I, I'm probably still thinking they're gonna na- name it Voyager. Again, obvious reference. Maybe. I mean, I I feel like I saw so like I saw a lot of the Twitter banter going on um after the episode aired last week, and a lot of folks were just like, Who knew the the like um the line to get us a Voyager like sequel was gonna be a children's animation show? <laughs> um and then a lot of people calling for like after season three of picard is done are we gonna get a series that's just called janeway and it's essentially picking up where like prodigy is leaving off in some ways and seeing more of a live action there we shall see um i did also see an interesting and fun theory i wanted to run past y'all by diana uh, king over at tv fanatic uh, kind of predicting what next season and potentially season three would be, um, which would be following sort of the original motion picture uh, series model. So next season would be more Wrath of Khan and it would be the Wrath of Vindicator because she just yeets out of the ship inside of that uh, dreadnought. So mm-hmm. she is still out there, like fully capable of being our main villain next season. And then that would mean the third movie would, or third movie, the third season would be like Search for Spock, and that would be our actual search for Chakotay. And we're just no, going to really like, drag if, if, out. If, if, if we're going to go that way, Chakotay. what's going to happen then is Vindicator, like, uh, 
causes Murph to to sacrifice himself, and then the next season with the search for Murph. <laughs> search for Murph. The search for Murph. Well, it rolls I, off the tongue. It rolls off the tongue. I don't like that because that means that that whole episode where we saw them trying to save the whales means that we're gonna that's we're gonna have a return to them a whole season well that's about season them four trying to we don't have to worry about that it's season yes four. season four they're gonna yeah. have to save the no season four is them saving gwen's planet and it's gonna have go. something to do with whales it's, 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 okay. If there's a season about whales, I mean, we've already gotten an episode. We've had an episode about whales. Remember, they already had to save some whales in an episode this season. Speaking of Gwen, I gotta know, like, how did you guys feel about like her not being on the ship? Right, like, I feel like that's not gonna last very long. (laughs) That's my thought, but I I was kind of like taken aback. But like, yeah, that's why I think it's gonna be something with Vindicator, like something will happen to where the whole you know the whole band will have to get back together we might not see her she might be our b plot for a couple of episodes on her little journey can you um, do that with a kid's episode like with a kid's show like I f- yeah we had a and b plots this whole season well what i mean is like it, okay so in discovery you take tilly off of of, mm-hmm. of the disco and she's off and she's doing her own thing and she's separate from that we didn't appreciate that. We didn't love it. We kind of sort of understood it, but you know, we didn't Whatever. too care too much care for it. I just don't know that you see it that ha- that ha- that type of thing happen that often, where you take someone like Gwen, she's got this other plot separate from the other characters, and you let that go on for five, six, seven episodes before you meander her way back to the to the group. That seems like a lot for children. I don't know. Have you seen The Mandalorian? <laughs> also not for children. <laughs> yeah. I did want to ask, um, what did y'all think of Gwen and Dahl's uh, little smooch in this final episode? <laughs> I Paul. almost wish they had just left it at the little pinky holding hands. I just thought that was so much cuter. And then the kiss was very, I don't know. I'm like, my, my response is like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, you know. Like uh, I, I don't know who that is for. I did because I, I, I don't know if kids are wanting that, you know. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to like put myself back into like my like maybe 13 year old, 12, 13 year old self, you know. And I think I would. I'd be like rooting for like romance because like. Well, then, 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 then it's for it's for 13 year old, 13 year old you. Yeah, my my 11 year old would have not been for it at all. Yeah. Should have been like, why? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. It could also be. I feel like there's an interesting generational difference right now too. That I feel like there isn't as much pressure on like romantic relationships as much as there is on like friendships and platonic relationships. But I also don't know. I have not been 13 or 14 in a very long time. <laughs> well, I was, I was there last week. <laughs> <laughs> How was it? How was that time travel for you, Paul? That's right. No, no, I, I just, I'm aging very poorly. That's all. <laughs> I'm not. I have no desire to go back to 13 to 14. No, it's so all. bad. Everyone is uh, an asshole at 13 and 14. <laughs> Which would make yes. me indistinguishable. Like, no, 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 no one would know. Like, oh man, he's just one of us. 
Hey, Chupi, look, you Chupi says, OMG, you guys have not, not a romantic. I, I was gonna say, that's not true. It listen, it's hard for Chupi, me. You are to right. Root. You call a spade a spade. No. You don't let us gaslight you. You're listen, right. <laughs> listen, I'm all for all the romance. If when you talk about the other shows, I'm I'm for all the romance. You asked me what some of my favorite TNG shows are, and I'm going to talk about Minuet and Laura Brahms, like right there, right off the bat. Boom. Minuet I'm, I'm and right Laura Brahms. So, love it. So love it. I'm all for the romance. I'm struggling with having romance for two animated children. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe it's the dad in me. I'm, I'm just like, hey. I think I also graduate like- from the academy before before you start committing to relationships. I, I know that they like care for each other. I think I wanted the like romance part to be teased out longer. That's why I mm. think it would have been like there was the accidental kiss already. And then I think it would have been Gwen with the little handhold that would have been the like, oh, maybe. And then like next season, I think I would have it would have felt more earned. It felt like a little too like. It's easy. interesting you say that uh, because uh, I feel that in the earlier part of the season, I felt like they were setting it up. Like, you can see, like, you know. Yeah. And, and so, and in the middle, I felt like there was no acknowledgement of it. They were just pals. Yeah, that's what I and, mean. It felt like mm-hmm. it went into a friendship zone. And so then I feel like that awkward kiss then reopened that door. And I needed that door to stay, like, propped open a little longer. What they'll probably do is several episodes, like flashback episodes, where, like, it's just from Doll's perspective going, like, does she like me? I don't know. <laughs> and like, it, it, we visit computer playback, playback to video. <laughs> exactly. Playback, you know, was I being, was I being a, a creep here? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I agree with you, Mariah. Like, I like, I like the idea of it just being simple and kind of slow going. But also, I think what didn't surprise me was we did get some foreshadowing. I think when I can't remember who it was, but somebody asked, well, what happened to your daughter? Like what, what changed? And the diviner was like, she met a boy. And I was like, oh. Oh, here we go. Like it's coming. So I wasn't completely shocked by it, but you know, I, I think I could go for it to be a little bit slower. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was my only thing. I was just like, Oh, it feels like it felt too much like a nice bow. Do you know what I mean? I was like, y'all already got renewed. You knew that going into like these last couple episodes, I think. I don't know. I guess I really don't know. That production was well, so long for well, them. Like, you know, I, I would you be okay with Jenkum and, and, and Gwen? <laughs> I mean, there's definitely not any chemistry there. No. <laughs> also, I, I feel like there's it's so hard many to say jokes at least in that, that, but we're going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's also so funny to me that like, literally every other voice actor i think on the bridge is within that like either child to young adult age range and then you have 50 year old jason is playing a 16 year old mm-hmm. <laughs> uh tell her right um so but it it's just funny. i think i think the interesting thing is also like you know we talked earlier about voices right mm-hmm. and so Part of the thing with me hearing voices is also me thinking about characters. My issue with Jankum is when I hear that voice, I can't help but think about the league, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> so, so from a character wise, you talk about Jankum, like well, he's he seems cool, 
but I'm constantly trying to tell myself he's not creepy. He's like, not rapping. He's, he's not rapping. Yeah, he's just, he's not, he's not, he's not, he's not. So. I like to think more of Derek from The Good Place. There we go. Which is also like <laughs> not Derek from The Good Place. Not Derek yeah, but not as bad as Rafi from, not the, better than from the league. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's, like kids don't know who any of those characters are. So, right. Although, they shouldn't. If they uh, do, parents are doing something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although, in that same uh, interview on TV, I say he said he's he's gone from having a lot of like frat bros coming up to him, talking to him about Rafi to a lot of like, uh, younger folks who are seeing the good place for the first time who come up to him talking to him about Derek and he's like I much prefer the, the people who like me from De- from being Derek. <laughs> well, I mean, but he's he's also I think he's in Big Mouth as well as oh, yeah. playing a playing a pretty disgusting child. So, well, all of the characters on that show are pretty disgusting, but yeah, absolutely, and many <laughs> a few of them are from the league. So mm-hmm. it. <laughs> It it, it it that's where i mean i think this is an interesting character for him it actually has changed how i see him though mm. um and his range as an actor too so yes um i also think i wanted to just like shouts to the whole uh crew like brett gray as doll i think really did a great job as playing our lead character and really bringing so much to that character and I think we learned so much about his augmentation and I think that'll be something that'll be interesting to continue to play with next season um and I'm excited that Zero gets a new fancy body to to kind of body thing holder <laughs> being <Prosthetic>. holder <laughs> yeah he gets the new, new prosthetics um so yeah I'm excited to see everyone's little like Starfleet upgrades and that is something interesting I feel like that was one of my small nitpicks. I was like, why wouldn't they just say like, y'all can just apply to the Academy. Like I get maybe not wanting to let them skip the line, but they're essentially just going to go be, I mean, I get it for the show structure. They're just going to go be Janeway interns, but like, Mm -hmm. which is going to be a much more interesting show than prodigy goes to the Academy, you know, (laughs) but I still think an Academy show would be fun. Listen, an Academy show would be fun for us. Yes, that's true. I mean, though, actually, no, I take that back. There's t- because... Monsters High. There's so many. Exactly. Shows. Sabrina, I mean, basically, like, you're Clarissa talking about. explains it all. I'm going back yes, to like what I You're going watched. back, way um, back. Hey, you, Arnold. But, <laughs> hey, you, you were doing a good job there. You was like, oh, it's like, oh, look at Mariah. She's, she's staying in the know. She knows what's hot in the streets. Um, <laughs> no, but if, <laughs> if you think about it, though, the idea that you'd have a Star Trek basically middle school or high school show could be very popular with kids yeah right the the interaction between other students and you get the 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 cool academy people and the mean academy people like it 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 would probably be easy to write because there's so many of those shows out there well Mm -hmm. the the show is called picard the early years Because you know, and, and then you have right. Picard do it. Would you like do a di- if I sang out of tune? Any of it? Okay. <laughs> exactly. But you know, you have Picard like at the Star Trek, uh, Starfleet ball and doing the Wednesday dance. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a hit on TikTok in no time. That's right. Yes. But um, no, I think what they've what they've settled on is let's have six Wesley Crushers, right? Let's let's put some kids 
on a ship mm-hmm. and you know or lower decks the 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 younger years basically mm-hmm. um so i, I think it's going to be interesting i think look y- you had me because you know you give them a new ship and now th- there's going to be a ship oh, which means that- they're going to do ship things mm-hmm. and they're going to be ship fights i um, think well i, I think what'll happen fight. is that they'll they'll be a ship and then there'll be an accident or something and then it'll just be Janeway and the the interns. And then I think Paul, I think I think what you're bringing up is a really interesting point because what we've seen is we've seen them on a very cool ship and do things very, very well, right? With Dallas captain. Mm-hmm. The thing about Star Trek is it's very military-ish in terms of the order and structure and so and you've got Janeway even if we go back to Voyager I mean where Janeway typically expects people to do what she says to bring up ideas but she sits in the chair she makes the decisions and she gets input from everybody it'll be interesting to see how these children fall in and is that an interesting show right the you know do they come in you already got my man David Diggs right like he's the first officer Right? Is he now going to take a se- uh, a back seat to Dow? I- I'm curious about how this interplay between them and actual Starfleet officers, mm-hmm. right? Or if it will be just another lower decks. Yeah, I, I think I, like, I think it would. You, you go, Mara. I was going to say I like your theory, Paul, in that there's some kind of like the ship goes through a wormhole while the rest of the main mm-hmm. bridge crew are on a planet. You know what I mean? Like something along those lines where like... And then Janeway, like they're lost on some sector of space and Janeway turns to camera and goes, not again! Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or they accidentally launch the ship and Admiral Janeway isn't even there and we get uh, another hollow Janeway again. Uh, you know, yeah, like yeah. something along those lines. Um, yeah, I don't know. What about you, Clyde? It'll be interesting to see. It, what did we always say with some of the other things that we watch? You got to trust the writers. Like mm-hmm. trust the writers mm-hmm. a little bit. So I'm, I'm believing that they know what they're doing. I think they had a pretty successful first season, mm-hmm. and so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, this is the hard part, right? Like you had a good, you had a good first run. How do you? What do you do for the second season? A lot of franchises stumbled kind of into that second season before they found their legs. It'll be interesting to see what happens here. Yeah. Any official predictions for next season? More kissing between Dal and Gwen. Probably. It's a good, it's a solid prediction. <laughs> I think there'll be another uh, Murph transform. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. I think we'll yeah, get I hope a new he character. Gets- I hope I hope Murph gets cuter. I liked first iteration Murph more than this iter. I mean, this iteration has more fun things to do, but I I think the blob was cuter. No, no, I I see that. Uh, I got nothing for Jenkum or Rock. Yeah, no, uh, it's gonna be interesting. Like I I feel like to me like they kind of wrote themselves into kind of a corner mm-hmm. with adding Janeway, new ship, blah blah. All, you know, like. And not to say that you can't write your way out of it, but I, I have truly no no idea as to how they're going to get the dynamic that 
the first season set up, which is a bunch of kids and uh, a, a babysitter, mm-hmm. and have that play out again. Uh, and maybe it doesn't happen that way, but like I'm interested to see. I I want to tackle something before we wrap up here. I know we're going a little bit long, but Stress Free K-, K says for me. Dahl was an avatar for a black alien race, but then they made him an augment with no ethnicity, which I don't like. What do you guys think about that? Like, typically, you know, while it's never been explicit, there have, you know, there have been races that I will say people have identified as black as races, sometimes positively, sometimes negatively, but an acknowledgement of of at least their presence, you know, most Mm -hmm. notably the Klingon race. We haven't really seen that in Prodigy, and maybe it doesn't matter because they have this very much inclusive, we all need a place to be, and we're all different, and we're from different places. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? What do you think about Stress-Free K's comment? I mean, to Stress-Free K's point, you know, the Brett Gray is a, a Black actor who is voicing the character, right? And so I think there is something to bringing your lived experience to the characters you play. Um, and, you know, I don't know what their intentions were in the writer's room, but I do think it's a way for them to say in this particular universe, Doll is someone who is uh, othered. And I think they're playing with that otherness in probably a way that I think happens in uh you know you can't write out of the culture that you exist in so like the writer's room is dealing with what's happening in the world that we live in too right and so um yeah i don't know i i think it's complicated right i mean i don't i don't i'm also the white lady on the podcast (laughs) i'm sorry karen Ouch. I think Ouch. there's valid points there and I think there's validity to like I think there should be always be more representation on television and uh, and you know I, I, I guess for me like you know and this is just speaking to my sheer ignorance and maybe I'm missing something in the series but I, I'm not exactly sure I understand the comment it was Dahl supposed to be black or black alien like what does that mean what, what do you think I, I think what, what Stress Free Kay is saying, and he's got some other notes in the chat, uh-huh, but yeah. um, there's this idea of just this representation, seeing people who uh-huh. look like you or, or, or knowing that you're represented or being able to say, hey, part of me fits here. I don't know that I ever looked at Dahl and said, oh, that's the Black character in the group. Oh, but if you said, But if you said, that's the Black character in the group, I'd be like, yep. Like, it, it I, oh, no, no, no. I would completely oh. accept that. Like, um, and, and part of that is, is probably because of the way he moves. Because I think the thing that I love about animation mm-hmm. is that s- there's this idea of a- animation being written by artists, right? Mm-hmm. And the artist could be any, any, anyone from any background. But I think what we found is the really successful animation as they're writing, they embody the voice actor who's mm-hmm. playing that role. Sure. Sure. hundred percent. Right. And I like the, the really good stuff always feels like you wrote for this character. Mm-hmm. And so 
knowing that you've created this character whose voice, who's, who's kind of has this voice actor as a black person, black man, they, to, to Mara's point, there are things that you're going to write in the way they talk, the way they move their, their vernacular, the, the things they, they would naturally say, um, some of their facial features, it's going to come in. Um, and I think the question here is just more about, if we look at Dal as purely this, this otherness, this augment, this this referendum on another topic, do we lose that? My personal thought is a little bit like, I'm gonna give you a little bit more, right? And 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 partly because of Star Trek's long history of representation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of see where you're going. And this just might not be that story. And again, because for the most part, with the exception of Janeway, this, I don't want to call them a ragtag group of misfits, but this collection is largely alien and not a particular race. So this one seems like I didn't, I wasn't offended by it. Normally I'm kind of like, oh man, I mean, there's a room of all these Starfleet officers and none of them are a person of color. <laughs> Funny how that worked out. Um, this particular <laughs> time didn't really, sure. I, I didn't really notice that. Yeah, no, uh, when you say it, I, I, I see what you're saying. And, and I go like, oh, I could see that. Uh, like, I would ask, does Gwen look uh, black? That's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a question that I've thought of, but I think primarily because of her her is it hair? Is it, there's some, there's some things there that would, that would, I, I would question. But again, I think what we're looking at is it's alien, yeah. right? The, the, right? That's, yeah, and like that's how- where I've been leaning into is that they're alien, right? Their, mm-hmm. their race is different. This is, this is not hap- This is not that topic yet. And we're getting to some of those same things outside of, of the racial topic. And again, if this was a standalone and this was a, my first venture, I'd be kind of—I might have more questions. But Star Trek as a franchise has 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 generated enough goodwill for benefit of doubt. Okay. Yeah, and I think there's something to like the storylines that they bring into the characters, like with Doll, the idea of like, um, I think there's some interesting ways they're playing with like the idea of not having, you know, I mean. I was like, how do I say this? Right. So like the reason that a lot of like uh, things get categorized as like black culture, right. Is because like there is no nationality culture for a lot of folks from that experience. Right. Because it was stripped Mm -hmm. away from them. And so I think there is some interesting parallels that they're bringing to, to doll within that because he's essentially not been allowed to have a culture because Mm -hmm. he has been created um, in this way. And so there's something interesting to that. Cause like, I've had a lot of friends who will do those like 23 and me things. And they're like, Oh, I had, you know, they're like, I truly had no idea where any of my ancestors came from until they do those. And then they get to have that experience of finding that out. So I was like, there's some interesting parallels that I think they're playing with there. Um, that I wonder, I- I'm sure they're cognizant of in that writer's room. Like you're saying, Clyde, yeah. I think they, they know what they're doing in some of those ways. And and I'll admit, I didn't want him to be an augment. I yeah. like this idea of search for culture and who am I? Because to your point, that's an, but, but again, that's an experience that I live, 
right? This idea mm-hmm. of, you know, I'll be in a room and people are talking about, oh, my ancestors came from mm-hmm. Ireland or my ancestors came from here. And I'm like, you know, people are like, oh, don't worry about it. It's Africa. And I'm like, Africa is a continent, not a country or a culture. So um, there is a sense of search for culture, right? Search, search for where do my people come from? What were the experience of my ancestors that Dao was on that I could identify with? And to say that he's this amalgamation of a bunch of different is like, okay, that's a different story that I wasn't really expecting us to take, but I'll, I'll ride with you for a little bit and see where this goes and what story are you telling and what, what are the conversations that you're trying to get us to have and discuss? And I go, oh, okay. So what we're really trying to do here is we're having we're an ongoing conversation about augmentation um, that really kind of kicked off when we were having that conversation the conversation about una Mm -hmm. and strange new worlds okay i see what you're doing you're pulling some stuff together okay we can have a separate conversation of why you didn't do that later but okay i see where it's going yeah i i think then too in in noting about una is like there is then the possibility of like that created shared cultural experience of like other augmented folks and like Mm -hmm. what that would be like for doll to find other augments and like that shared experience but you know, to uh, to Clyde's point, like I, I can see how it shifted from possibility looking from the search for culture to just like extreme otherness. Yeah, for sure. You know, like like mm-hmm. th- that's what that's that's what that episode wound up doing for Doll's arc. You know, and and although it is a creative choice, is it the richest choice? I, I don't know yet. Well, I, I think it's part of the larger landscape. Like Mariah, you 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 kind of hinted at it before and I, I think you're on to something is the fact that it, we're not talking about writers who are in this bubble writing a story that's isolated mm-hmm. right the, the one thing if you're going to write for you know there are f- few franchises Star Wars I think Star Trek are, are two big ones is that anything that you write has to fit inside the larger body mm-hmm. of canon and there's so Marvel's another one, right? It's because there's so many things going on at once that that, that you I don't want to say that you there's a path that you're on, but you kind of have to. If it's not a path, you have to consult with other people. Mm-hmm. And I think in this situation, you know, they're looking, going. There's a larger story that we're telling between these things, right? And 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 when you think about augmentation and and whatnot this has been a larger conversation in the star trek verse the last couple seasons because it's even in picard when you think about artificial intelligence right like they're, they're having these conversations about otherness and and you know if i enhance myself right like i think my bigger question is why are we having this conversation and what are you what's mm-hmm. what is your social commentary about what's happening right now that i'm not quite getting Right. Like it's a little it's a, it's it's a little almost subtle, like, OK, well, what are you trying to tell us? Like, what are you trying to get us to really have a dialogue about? Yeah, I think a lot of I think the more adult conversation will probably happen next season on Strange New Worlds because we you know, saw Una taken away uh, at the end there. So we're going to have to resolve like whatever's going on with her. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, that's a good point, Clyde. I wonder what they are trying to kind of Kurtzman. What you thinking, Kurtzman? We want to know what you're trying to tell Mariah. us. <laughs> All right, St- stress free K in the future. Can you drop those bombs at the beginning of the show? Uh, <laughs> An hour, seven minutes later. Um, yeah. 
but no, I think these are all really good questions. And this is why I love our, our live, uh, our live chat group here gets us to talk about these things for sure. Um, all right. Any other thoughts, feelings, looking at uh, the notes, RIP, um, RIP hollow Janeway. RIP. Okay. That. Last question. Do you really think we're RIPing hollow Janeway? That hollow Janeway. Yeah. You don't think there's some way that there's good, they're going to bring her back with her memories or something? There's something. I think they're just going to give us Admiral Janeway. That's our. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. But I don't know if they're going to like do a search and find a little bit of piece of her matrix or something mm -hmm. where. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. She, she served her purpose. Uh, what's, <laughs> what's next? Heartless. Heartless. <laughs> So what's next? I haven't I haven't dug in. I, I kind of want to be surprised. What are we expecting? What's the next franchise to, uh, to Picard. some more track? Picard. Picard is Yay. next, folks. Yeah. February pacifist now. February 16th, we get the last season of Picard. Um, mm. I wanted to pose this question to the folks hanging out in the chat, also to our listeners. You can reach out to us on on um the different social media channels or if you're in our slack you want to join our slack for two dollars an episode it's a good month to get in y'all because right now we only have one episode planned for this month so it's a cheap way to get on in um mm -hmm. but what do you want us to talk about in this couple of weeks of off season here prior to us jumping into picard is there episodes you think we should dig into do you want me to try to book some interviews with people i can i can see what can happen do we want to watch clyde watch you know uh, enterprise from cradle to Nut listen i, I got I three know. seasons in I'm, i've already promised them that i would go and do uh, a couple episodes that we'd go back i can't remember the ones that i agreed to watch but I mean, come on, hang out on the Patreon. We'll do some watch-alongs. Some watch-alongs will be happening. Uh, but yeah, what do you want us to cover? We've got a couple of weeks here. We uh, don't, the first time in a long time, we don't have any new Star Trek. What oh, is this feeling, y'all? Emptiness, sadness. Mm -hmm. Empty sadness. Uh, time I feel to revisit. Like fear. I feel like Data, when he got his emotion chip, and then like, you know, there was under the attack in, in, in Star Trek 7, and he goes... Dan over here, I can't move. Maybe we should watch some uh, some Worf episodes to prepare for this next season of Picard. I feel like we uh, haven't talked about Worf in so long. I took my wife on a Worf tour, like, you know, last year, as far as, like, in, watching In, a like, bunch of San Worf. Francisco? <laughs> that's right, that's right, that's in San I mean. Francisco. Oh, 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 no, as far as I go, here are, here, are, here are some pivotal Worf episodes that, like, you know, shape the character mm. of Worf. You know. All right. Well, we'll offline Listen, call. Perhaps we have to do Wharf Tour Part Two. Maybe. I, look, I'm honestly, I'm just happy Michael Dorn is working. Like, <laughs> uh, just, I, I miss that the, guy. We don't see him very often in the. In, in we could stuff. probably do a, a a lore, you know, a lore. What do you call it? A little lore. Tour lore side side track, you know, like okay. you know. Little like, side you know, quest. Side quest for lore because he he'll, he'll be in Picard, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. he is in the yeah. preview so there you go okay i think that could be fun 
All right, y'all. Well, that is it. We will uh, let you know when we will be back. I think a wharf tour sounds appropriate in prep for this next season of Picard. I don't think any of us would be mad at some wharf episodes. We can dive into a little Deep Space Nine, a little TNG. Be a good time. Um, yeah, Picard premieres February 16th. So we'll be back to our weekly schedule starting on the 16th. Other than that, we'll pop in and out the rest of this month with some special episodes. Um, you can subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple. Uh, visit StarTrekPod.co to get links and also to visit us on Patreon. Um, Clyde, can you remind folks where they can follow us on social media? Yes, by all means, come hang out at Star Trek Pod on wherever you like your socials media. Yep, we're mostly still on Twitter because it's still existing. Um, Ooh, you said the, the dreaded T word. I was trying I'm, not to say. I'm still hanging out on Twitter. I'm still there. You can still talk to me. No one sees my tweets. Um, thanks, Karen, <laughs> for helping us out over there. Appreciate you. I think Karen uh, sees my tweets. I think that's about it. That's about well, it I, yeah. I know that you you start posting those videos of you like eating Romanian pizza and <laughs> getting yeah, a definitely. SWAT team. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> that's no one wants to see that. Trust. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much everybody live long and prosper goodbye bye go fast